Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday, July the 12th, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, frisson, which means a brief moment of emotional excitement. Frisson. I hope everyone is enjoying their Tuesday or will enjoy their Tuesday, I should say. Uh, weather here in North Carolina, of course, the heat is back. We had that one or two days of a brief interruption of the typical North Carolina summer heat with the rain and the temperatures dropped off, but it's coming back. In fact, so, uh, of course, you know those real feels, those 100-degree temperatures are coming back. But what they're saying, uh, tomorrow we're going to get some more rain, but that's going to be later in the evening. And, of course, uh, it's going to help with the drought situation here in North Carolina. But it will be a severe weather type of day, risk of floods, damaging winds, you know, the gamut. Uh, summer, summertime in the south, just is, just is. So we'll see what happens with that, but... uh. Certainly enjoyed that break we had with those uh, cool temperatures for a little while. Just did, just did. Man, that heat. <laughs> the real feel, boy. And they're saying it's going to get up into the hundreds again this week, even though we're expected to have some rain tomorrow. And then again, Friday, they're saying uh, it's going to be some more possible, severe chance of uh, severe weather, bad weather. So we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, this is the South. This is the South. Also, looks like uh, a former prime minister of Japan, Abe, will be laid to rest today. You know, he got assassinated last week by that 41-year-old Japanese citizen that, of course, somehow, someway got in his mind. Apparently, his mother had get, was or allegedly had gave some money to a church that uh, I'm not sure how the prime minister is associated with. Maybe he was a member. Maybe he wasn't. But the 41-year-old Japanese citizen found out that his mother had gave some money and that the prime minister was a member of the church, yada, 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 you know, you know. We all know the rest. And he assassinated the guy. Man, uh, certainly hate to hear that. He was well-liked and, and well-respected throughout the world. The international community has uh, expressed deep uh, regrets Sending out condolences. Man, certainly hate to hear that. And certainly hate to hear this next little bit of news. Man, looks like uh, <laughs> we ain't done or COVID ain't done with us. Because that sub-variant of the Omicron, uh, Omicron COVID BA5, the sub-variant, it's on the rise. Here in the United States and throughout the world also. So they've had, a, I believe they're saying they had 100,000 cases that has been reported, but they're also saying that may be higher uh, because of those at-home COVID tests. A lot of people aren't reporting that they have COVID. They're just staying at home. I mean, sad to say, some may just be going out and mingling amongst us. So that has uh, officials, the Biden administration, the CDC, and the rest of the government officials kind of uh, on high alert. What they're saying also is that 71 Americans still haven't received their first dose of the COVID vaccine. And of that 71 million, 44 million are children. Mm, 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 mm. 
Now they're saying a lot of cases are popping up, but uh, it's not. There's not a high number of death or even hospital rates. Now, what they're also saying is uh, the problem is, of course, this new strand. And they're predicting there's going to be more strands. We all remember when COVID first started back in uh, 2019, going into 2020, they, they said it. They said, hey, we're going to have a lot of uh, strands, a lot of variants, sub-variants that are going to come out. We're going to be dealing with this for a while. It looks like uh, we are. Looks like we're going to have to deal with this. We just are. Uh, this is a, this has become a normal normal part of our lives. Sad to say, these this virus and these subvariants, man. But um, officials are also kind of on heightened alert because they're also predicting that we may have a surge again uh, later on this fall. Now, if you're saying to yourself, "Well, I mean, hey, we 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 took the shot, got the boosters," but yeah, that booster shot is just available for those uh, that are 50 years or older. Or um, those that have that are immunocompromised, and also they're saying, you know, hey, the surge may be coming by the fall, but the booster dosages may not be ready until October, November. That's ready to be distributed because what they're saying is they are in the process of coming up with these booster shots, and but they want to kind of lay low and see what happens because one thing that we've learned and they have learned, we gotta admit. You don't want to have this this virus out there and you are not prepared because you don't have enough vaccines. So they're they're rapidly uh, producing and stockpiling these vaccines in anticipation of uh, October, November. And if you're also saying to yourself, well, I took my shot uh, and a booster like me, I, I said to myself, too, they're saying that booster may be just wearing out. So that's why there's a push to have uh, more vaccines ready. This is a huge concern. Because with this, these vaccines fading and, and the cases are rising, they have to go into attack mode. There's no other way around it, man. We, we have to go into attack mode. We don't want to be like we were two years ago where we had a high number of COVID cases and we didn't have anything to combat it. So we had to go into lockdown. Don't want to see lockdown again. Nope, 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 nope. Not me. I don't know about the rest of you. Uh, I I was sick of it. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I was sick of it. So whatever it takes to keep us from going into lockdown, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I, I just am. I just I just am. I, I, there's, there's nothing more I can say or, or, or sway you in, in another direction. Whatever it takes, um, that lockdown, man, I hated it. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of you, but I hate it. Couldn't go no, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't see family. Uh, a lot of things were done. Hey, you had to do it over the phone if you wanted to see family or Zoom or FaceTime. It certainly wasn't a very pleasant moment in our lives. So whatever it takes to keep us from going back to that lockdown, yeah, push out those vaccines. People start the seventy-one million. Uh, can't force you or can't make you. But you may want to seriously look into getting that vaccine if you really think about it. Like I said, if you if you came through the lockdown, uh, you, you got to say to yourself, man, I got to take this vaccine. You just do. You just do. All right. Moving along here. Also, man, this was kind of surprising and shocking, but not really. Uh, looks like Starbucks. The great coffee shop. Starbucks is closing 16 of its U.S. location because of safety concerns. They're going to permanently close 
16 of these locations throughout the United States. Uh, what they're saying is six stores each in Seattle, Washington, Washington, and Los Angeles, and two each in Portland, Oregon, and one each in Philadelphia and D.C. The reason? Now, uh, employees, apparently Starbucks has this, uh, most companies have this now, where they have what they call employee outreach sessions, where they allow employees to come in and voice their concerns uh, their quarrels and gripes and grumps and mumblings and rumblings. So apparently during one of these sessions or several of these sessions throughout the company uh, uh, in these cities here in the United States, the employee says, and this is the safety concern, that customers and or the general public as a whole are coming in and using drugs at these locations. This was reported by the employees. The boots that are on the ground every day, all day, they see this. Now, if you're saying to yourself, well, that's absurd, that, that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. I told you I work in retail and I see it oh, all too often. I personally, uh, I thank the good Lord. I haven't walked in, but I've had several employees. Uh, either I was off or had just gotten off. Uh, we've had one or two instances of, of people were in the bathroom shooting up heroin. And, you know, they OD or they not out or however you term it. And, and they, you know, employee walks into the bathroom. One case, uh, another customer had to, use the rest, had to use the restroom and she went and complained and said, hey, I can't get into the restroom. Whoever's in there has been in there for a while. So then one of the fellow employees goes in, unlocks the door, walks in and sees someone sitting on the toilet with a needle in their arm. I ask you, I ask you. Now, I understand the the, the thing with uh, having empathy and compassion for those that are addicted to drugs. But how do you think or how do you feel or how do you believe you as a lowly employee that is just trying to get through your damn shift in a day, you walk into the bathroom and you see that? How do you think that affects you? I mean, hey, I got empathy for any and everyone with, with those having a drug problem, but no one wants to see that. No one wants to have that embedded in their mind and have to go home if they, they have family or kids and, and see that. We aren't law enforcement. <laughs> Sorry, we just aren't. We're just regular folks trying to make it through a shift. We got to walk into the bathroom and see that. Or if, if, if you're like me, I had an instance one time, I'm in the store, I'm in the back of the store where the bathroom at, is at, and, and, and I start smelling something. I'm like, what the hell? It smells like weed. So I go knock on the bathroom door. Guys in there rumbling around or whatever. Pop the bathroom door open. This fool is in there smoking up blood. I guess it got too hot for him out and, and outside. So he decided to come into some air conditioning. Yeah, uh, this happens more often than you know. Or for many of you, more often than you will admit. So Starbucks has a solution. It's a sad solution that they want to close these stores. But the infected employees that are at these locations, they are going to be transferred to different locations. I hope they survive the transfer because as we all know, uh, when you have these big uh, chain operations, when you're transferring folks, closing and transferring folks, they have to work their way in, not just onto the schedule and working on working onto that schedule, you got to work it to those hours. So those that, that had those 40 hours a week, they may be cut. Just may. Budgeted hours. 
So yeah, the Starbucks is saying, hey, enough is, is enough. And this isn't the first time this has came out. This isn't. This is about the second or third, maybe fourth time I've heard of this. Um, like I always say, working in retail, it is it's becoming more and more increasingly dangerous and more and more increasingly sad when you look at the general population in this country or in society as a whole, and you have to encounter this day in and day out. There's much more than just folks going in there shooting up. You, I mean, you got the panhandlers standing outside. You got those that have uh, uh, walked all night getting high or trying to get high. And when you come in that morning and you get things are rolling, you got folks coming into the store saying, hey, you got somebody laid out on your sidewalk. I think something's wrong with you. Then you go out and you realize they're just coming off one of their benders. Not nap. <laughs> ah, man. It, it, hey, like I said, it is in, it's becoming more and more increasingly dangerous and sad to work in retail. Just is. Just is. All right. Let's go get it. Man, uh, this is an update. I don't know if you guys remember, for those that have been listening for a while, I've bought you two or three podcasts about uh, Raleigh Police Department and their detective and his confidential informant that they, you know, they had gotten together somehow, some way. (laughs) Yeah, right. And they uh, arrested a lot of people, charged them with drugs, trafficking, drug possession, uh, selling. And now we know that uh, the great chunk of those arrests false. Those folks were flat out set up. So much so, there has been a total of three lawsuits that has been filed against the Raleigh Police Department. And the third one was filed last month by a gentleman that uh, spent almost three years in jail. Well, spent three years, more than three years in jail. Now, this lawsuit includes, uh, of course, RPD's disgraced top-notch Detective Abdullah and three other officers, and even uh, the top-notch confidential informant Aspirin's backstory of Aspirin's is he, (laughs) he was originally arrested because it was believed that he was selling cocaine. He was just a regular old guy on the block selling, and they caught him with the possession of the cocaine. But later when they found out, it was crushed up aspirins. <laughs> I can't make this up. It may sound like something you would see on TV or at the movie theaters, but apparently this goes on more often than we not going to say no, but we will admit to. Let's just say it like that. Now, the lawsuit has been filed because of, of course, fabricating of drug charges that sent over a dozen black men to jail. Along with, like I said, this one guy who filed this third lawsuit, he spent more than three years in jail before being released and the charges were dropped. And also more than 12 cases of trafficking charges were dropped when it was discovered, surprise, 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 that the drugs that were allegedly sold or trafficked, trafficked, trafficking were fake aspirins. 
And if you're saying to yourself, well, you know, there's no way for the police to know that the drugs are fake. Yes, they did. They knew. They knew full well what was going on. When they had their little backstory, also their little surveillance where they would have the camera and microphone. Oh, Aspirin's was so top notch. He would obstruct the camera. He would uh, place his hand over the microphone so it was muffled. You really couldn't tell what was going on or what was being said. But you guys still went along and arrested these folks. And you knew full well the, 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 the morality and the track record of Aspirin's. Hell, when you arrested him, you discovered he was selling aspirins crushed as cocaine. Now, the city, the city of Raleigh, thus far has agreed to pay uh, pay 15 that were charged and jailed $2 million back in September. So that's, that, that's one of the first two lawsuits. Well, that was the first lawsuit. Now, there was a second lawsuit filed in February uh, because of Detective Abdullah it was found that him and others, those other three officers, have fabricated to spread fake heroin trafficking offenses that led to an illegal raid, excessive force, and false imprisonment of a black woman and her children. Now, that's the second podcast I did when I told you that fool raided the wrong apartment, even though he had a search warrant with a picture of the correct apartment that he was supposed to raid. Uh, him and his cohorts ran up in the place, throwing everybody around, throwing stuff around, looking for drugs, uh, hemmed up the lady's son and another neighbor's young son. They were teenagers. <laughs> this is, this Detective Abdullah, man. Um, the more and more these stories come out about this guy, and if you really sit down and look and think about his track record, as a law enforcement official, you're not just going to say he was rogue because like I said, they, they ran into the apartment looking for heroin. And, and of course they didn't find any, but you got to say uh, most of these times when these officers go rogue, they're using. The, this sounds like someone who is using and trying to uh, maintain that letter of the law. It just does. Now, by the way, Aspirin's, uh, he faces uh, five counts of uh, obstruction of justice because of his uh, little uh, charade of selling folks fake drugs or whatever. Now, all of these cases or most of these cases, that what they're centering in on the time frame they're saying it happened between 2018 and 2020. I honestly think you guys may need to go back a little bit more. This guy just didn't start it start in 2018. Him and his cohorts, they've been rolling for a while. They were way too comfortable, and the tale that the tale that is telling me they were way too comfortable is how they ran up into that mother's home. She was at home. She was preparing a meal for her kids. She was a school bus driver. And you guys just ran up in there, uh, busting the door in, snatching, throwing everything and everybody around. This wasn't your first rodeo. This was a typical thing. But you ran into the wrong house. And this is why I say this kind of sounds eerily familiar about those uh, rogue uh, police officers. You ran into the wrong house, even though a wrong apartment, even though you had a picture on your warrant 
that had a tree in the yard in front of the apartment you were supposed to raid, you ran into an apartment that didn't have a damn tree nowhere near. You guys were high. You guys are using. <laughs> Shit. I can't, oh, forgive me. I, hey, I, I'm sorry. There, there's no other explanation for it. There just isn't. Sounds like you guys were using. And or you got too big headed that you started making mistakes because you were using. Yeah, you're arrogance too, but you guys are using. You just are. You just are. Now, the third lawsuit was filed uh, last month. And it also is targeting Abdullah and those two other officers after it was discovered back again in 2018 that all three planted evidence on a complainant. The complainant in the lawsuit supposedly has sold two aspirins. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Aspirin. Aspirin was their go-to, wasn't he? <laughs> he was their go-to. He was that dude. <laughs> Boy, buddy, if you ever get back on the streets, you better hope they need to lock you up and transfer you somewhere. Because if you get back on the streets, and me being from Southeast Raleigh, I can tell you, if you ever get back on those streets, homie, it is on. They are going to get you. Because you set up a lot of folks. You were just setting up random people. Now, this third lawsuit, and, and this, <laughs> this tells the tale also, because I want you guys to listen close, closely to this. This third lawsuit that was filed by this gentleman that spent 35 to 51 months in, in jail, served every day. That's 1,298 days in prison had his conviction vacated. Like I told you, this is the story of the guy previously when I told you after he served the time, they vacated the the, the, the the jail time because it was discovered that evidence had been planted on him by Detective Abdullah and two more of his cohorts. Now he was arrested. When they, he was arrested after he allegedly bought these drugs from aspirins, he was taken to a secure location. Hmm. It says a secure location, but it didn't say jail. So maybe he was taken to one of those substations, I guess. And he was found to have in his possession 36 grams of crack and 16 grams of marijuana. Ooh, that's a pretty nice doozy bus. Mm. And it was discovered in his underwear and in his pants pockets. Mm, Top-notch confidential informant aspirins did his job. Now... Because he felt as though he was beat. There was no way around it. Who's going to believe him? He pled guilty and he served that 35 to 51 months sentence. And just like I said, a day after he served the, continue, the whole sentence, the convictions were vacated. Now, the lawsuit is based and states that while he was at that secure location, he was asked. He was asked to be a confidential informant to which he denied. And that's when the drugs were planted on him. He was strip searched and they started, I guess, planting and pulling stuff out, saying, hey, here's the crack. Hey, here's the marijuana. You're going to jail. This was done by Detective Abdullah and uh, another one of his officers. Wow. If you're saying to yourself, that's a lot to digest, you're right. This just wasn't a rogue cop or rogue cops. This is a, an extreme case of not just police overreach, but just 
running amok doing what you want to because you are in a position and you just target flat out those people that are minorities that don't have the financial backing to argue their case in court because that gentleman that served that 35 to 51 months, 1,298 days, he didn't have the means. That's why he took it. That's why he took it on the chin. Here you have those that we entrust to be upstanding law-abiding law enforcement officials and they're running around town planting drugs on folks locking folks up, taking their lives away, using a, let's just stop calling this guy a confidential informant. You were just using any old fool off the streets that you can somehow, some way coerce and to using them to further your your little scheme. It was a scheme. It it wasn't a sting operation or some uh, great uh, top ploy to get drugs off the street. This was your scheme. And when you raided that lady's apartment looking for that heroin, and and she even says, the lawsuit even says that she and her family were no way, no no way, nowhere near how anyway related to drugs. So you fools were just going around running amok doing what you wanted to do. And you did. You did. Surprised you guys didn't try to plant drugs on her. She raised so much hell. <laughs> kind of shook it. And if you thought she was going to be quiet, because she she came out with both barrels, baby, blazing, as she should. This is a disgrace. It's not even a disgrace. It's not despicable. It's just flat out pathetic that you guys are running around, t- riding around town in uniform, setting folks up. And also, there's another story uh, that, that you really haven't heard anything about. I, I told you guys also, that another police officer from, officer from Raleigh was arrested doing a drug operation separate from this case. While he was in uniform, he was selling to an undercover DEA agent. Well, what are you guys doing in Raleigh? Y'all have ran amok. <laughs> hey, police force, good Lord. Uh, dare I say, I hate for you to come towards Durham. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ain't no telling what Durham Police Department's up to. Good Lord, the Raleigh Police Department is doing this. Man, what in the world is going? Well, hey, it does go into the argument that police are corrupt. When you have this right here, now you're finding out you got three separate uh, lawsuits going on. The city thus far has spent $2 million. It's going to spend more. That's why I always say, is it really worth having police officers out there that you know are crooked? And you say, well, they're taking people off the street, but you're taking the wrong ones off the street. You're taking the innocent. And then you have to turn around and pay those people. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. And that's exactly what is happening. And and another thing I would like to say, uh, many of you may be like, well, the police, the police, police. Let's not forget that district attorney's office because there's no way in the world you can convince me. You're going to say to me, there's nothing you could say that someone or those in that district attorney attorney's office didn't know what the hell was going on before all this information came out. Uh, they, they, 
hey, it seems like everyone was filling the quota. We always hear the term of quotas as it relates to law enforcement. And even those in the DA's office, this strengthens that case. Because you fools just was, was just taking folks off the street, snatching them up off the street, locking them up, giving them charges, screwing them over. And you knew that damn confidential informant Aspirins. You knew he didn't have a leg to stand on. You guys knew he was shysty coming out the gate. Maybe that's how law enforcement works. What do I know? What do I know? But if that's how law enforcement works, Lord help us. We aren't getting in any justice, any way, shape, or form. Lord help us all. <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. Um, man, it's just a whole mess with this one detective. Uh, I feel safe in saying there's probably some more detectives out like out there like that, and they need to go into that DA's office also. Uh, I don't think the State Bureau of Investigation needs to come in. I think the feds need to come in. Just like these federal lawsuits are, are being filed, the feds need to come in and investigate that police department from the Rudy to the Tootie and go into that DA's office also. Just do. No one could argue me otherwise. You just do. You just do. I'm get out of here. Got to go to work. Got to go to work. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, follow, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast. Radio, public, verbal, and WordPress. And as always, hit that like and subscribe button wherever you're streaming so you can stay in the loop when I drop these podcasts. This is Stephen Carnegie. Thank you for listening. This is Just a Thought. Amen.